0: Jude Lesson 6. Now, this is a continuation from last week because we didn't get done. And so if you have a handout from last week, if not, I think I have some. Um, So we're going to go through, and I'm going to kind of go through that just a little bit. But let's go back to Jude. And I want to read this verse about Balaam. Jude 11. Uh, Last week I think I read all the way up to it, but to save us some time. I'm just going to read verse 11, I think, this morning, if I can find it in my Bible. In fact, it's back up to verse 10, just to keep Roger happy. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally is brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves, because we're talking about what? ungodly men. Okay, thank you for that. It says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. They've ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and they have perished in the saying of course. So we we stopped right there a couple of weeks back and looked at uh, Cain. And there was a lot to that. And I've got, again, come up and grab my, I'll give you my notes and you can copy them off, whoever needs them. And uh, so we looked at that and then they've ran greedily after the heir of Balaam, so we have to back up and look at this Balaam dude. And the thing with Cain, you can pretty well nail it down to just, you know, part of a chapter. With Balaam, it's four chapters long, and he's scattered all over the Bible. So he's a really good example in the Bible of not what to be. And so we're going to continue looking at that today. And so, um, let me go through a little bit of review for last week, and hopefully we'll get to where we need to go. So, we're going to be looking at the way of Balaam, the error of Balaam, the doctrine of Balaam, and yet, you've got to have a KJV Bible to figure all that out. I didn't say that before because everybody else wants to put them all in the same group, but they are three separate things, okay? And specifically in Jude, it says, if I go back and look, it says, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam. So we're going to look at that. But um, uh, again, the context of... So I want you to go ahead and turn over to Numbers for a minute. I say Numbers, and we may bounce around to something else yet. I want to get to Deuteronomy 2, but you'll find, you'll find Balaam in Numbers 22, and then again, to set the stage, this is after they came, the Israelites came out of Egypt, after they crossed the Red Sea, after they wandered for 40 years, and they are just about to go into the land, and, and they're just within a month or two of going into the land, and the story of, of Balaam pops up. And you have to remember, this story is about a man named Balak who wants to destroy Israel. And all he had to do was keep his mouth shut and there, and he would have been okay. Because the Israelites had already went around Moab. Balak is the king. And yeah, the Israelites were kind of at the edge of his land, but they were getting ready to go to Israel. If he had just said nothing, he would have been fine. But yet somebody stirs him up to want to fight against him because they don't want Israel into the land. So we have to keep that in the back of our mind. And the story of Balaam comes up, okay? And we'll see this story of Balaam in Numbers 22 to 24. and, and, And Balaam is a Midianite prophet. His name means Lord of the people. He's from a city called Pthor, which is in Syria, and if you were here last week, where did I say that was? Okay, who was here last week? Where did you say, what, Syria was? Yeah, the city of Pethor. Where was, where was that at? It was back in the land of Ur. Yeah, it was like in Mesopotamia. Where Abraham came out. Where, Abraham. Right, so I'm like, holy smoly, I mean, we're talking, holy smoly, we're talking, <laughs> is that kind of, what Brian said the other day? He had some saying. uh, Oh well. Anyway, yeah, up your nose with a rubber hose. (laughs) Add Holy Smoly in that group. But anyway, so we're not talking about next door. We're talking about they had to. They had to travel. Let's say 500 miles at least to get to this guy. To bring him back to Moab, and the the whole The whole point was to curse Israel. Okay? And so we need to keep that in mind. Because there's a lot of things in the Bible that just doesn't come out blatantly and show you. You gotta study it out. You have to study it out, right? Uh second Timothy two fifteen. And there's a lot of things, you know, you, you just gotta have to start putting things together. And remember last week I said I want we, we just kinda opened up the story of Balaam and I said, Everybody in the class is gonna be like Columbo. Remember the, the guy Columbo, Peter Falk, you know, who, and and as a good detective, he has to look for the details. And I remember a couple months ago, we, we Carrie and I started watching Columbo movies on Roku, so we started from the very beginning and started watching them. And about the third movie, he comes on, and and it's a it's a psychiatrist that committed this murder. And about a fourth of the way through the movie, the psychiatrist tells him, he goes, a lieutenant, I think it's lieutenant Colombo, he goes, you know, you come across as this bumbling guy. Yes. And, and, and you come across like you're not this, you don't have your act together and that you're not very intelligent. He goes, I figured it out. That's an act. You try to lure everybody to think that while you're, you're getting ready to you know get the deal, details and nab them. And he goes, I've got you figured out. And in the back of his mind, he's sitting there thinking, but you're still not going to catch me. And maybe he told him that. <laughs> you're still not going to be able to catch me. Well, he does. Okay. And so... That fits us. We're just kind of like bumbling Christians, you know, we can't. But all we got to do is look at the book, look at the details, ask God for the truth. And guess what God will do? God will give you the truth because God does not uh, hide the truth if you're looking for it. So again, that's kind of like what we're going to go through today. So and that fits me to a T. I had a friend of mine I went through Shepherd School with, and he goes, "Hey, there's this Bible study, and it's actually down in you live in Payola." And uh, I heard about it. Won't we go study? Won't we go crash this thing, and uh, find out a little bit about it? And we'll just act like we're stupid and we don't know anything, which we do. He goes, "We're good at that." And uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, I appreciate the vote of confidence you have in me. But no, you're right. You're just a couple bumbling guys that don't know anything. And uh, when you get to think that you're all that in a bag of chips, as our pastor says, you're in trouble. Yep. <laughs> right? You're in trouble. So i said all that. So where do I want to go? Okay, so uh Numbers 22 through 24. Uh, and again, I want you to realize... I've, I've made a big effort to say where Balaam is from, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said he's from Mesopotamia. Now I just don't throw this pull this stuff out of thin air and give you. Now sometimes I do, but no, I don't. So h- how do I know that? So turn over to Deuteronomy. and I want you to look Deuteronomy 23, and we're going to read 3 through 5. So, Deuteronomy is the next book right after... I mean, this is almost the same time span within a few months, I believe, of of numbers. Deuteronomy 23, verses 3 through 5. And it says, An Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. I think because the Lord is holding a grudge against these people. Because they met you not with bread and with water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. And because they hired against the the Balaam, the son of Beor of Pethor of what? Mesopotamia. Of Mesopotamia to what? Curse you. Okay, so again... Mm-hmm. When I say something, this is as good as gold, right? No, you need to check me out. But it did they are from he was from Mesopotamia. Cause I had to dig to find that. I didn't find that anywhere else. He was from Mesopotamia, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind, Colombo, because at the end of the story Balaam gets killed. Where is he when he gets killed? Had you ever thought about that? Okay, it doesn't come out and say specifically, but uh, I'll give you a hint. He's killed by the Israelites before they go into the land. And so, do you really think the Israelites are going to run eight hundred miles to get Deuteronomy him? Again? Deuteronomy. I was in Deuteronomy twenty-three, chapter twenty-three. And it's in verse four. four okay. Is where it says that. Okay. No problem. We're all on the same page. You're just like you're just like Columbo because you just said one more thing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. Um, so where is he? So where is he? Where does it? suggest he when is he when well, he died Well, let's just keep that in the back of your mind. You're the you're the you're the you're the detective. I'm I'm trying to stir your brain a little bit so you'll put that in the back of your mind and you'll think, "Hey, where was he killed?" And this week you can go look that up in your spare time. Okay. All right. So we we looked about that last week, right? So we looked at his first proposition last week. And so, uh, 20 uh, we're in Numbers 22. Let's read 1 through 7. I'm going to rehash a little bit. And the children of Israel set forward and he pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan by Jericho. And again, they're down by the Jordan River. They're getting ready to go in the land. If he would have said nothing, he would have been fine. But he got, you know... His curiosity up, and what's it. oh, curiosity due to the cat? Killed it, right? And ba- Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company uh, lick up all that are round about us, as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak the son of Zippor I always say Zippor because I don't like the guy. Mm -hmm. Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. And he sent messengers therefore into Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pithor, which is by the river of the land. Well, in Mesopotamia, it has rivers running through it, right? One on each side. Yeah, the Euphrates and the the Tigris, right? Uh, See, it doesn't specifically say that, so you have to compare Scripture with Scripture to nail all that down. Which is by the river of the land of the children of His people, to call Him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against Me. Now come, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for Me. Pray, adventure, I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land, for I walk that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand, and they came unto Balaam, and they spake unto him the words of Balak. Okay, so we we, we saw that last week, and let's move a little farther. Verse 8, And he said unto them, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me. And the prince of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam, and he said, What men are these with thee? And again, do you think God knew who they were? Yes. But he wants Balaam to know who they are. He wants them to admit who they are. Okay? And then let me stop and, and let me throw this out. I did not say this last week. Do you not think Balaam knew who these people were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, I think that's why he refused Balak's request. I don't think I want to go against God. what God has for these people. Because it's funny, Rahab knows who these people are. And she's in Jericho, and that again is not far away from this. She knows who they are. They've been hearing the story for 40 years. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, turn over to Joshua. Hold your hand here and go over to Joshua. Go to Joshua chapter 2, and let's look at Rahab's reply. Joshua 2, and let's read 1 through 11. And it says, And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go, view the land, even Jericho. And they went, and they came into Harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered in thine house, for they be they that come to search out all the country. And the women took, and the woman took the two men and hid them and thus said, There came men unto me, but I was not whence they were. Now that's a big deal. There's a lot of people that go, Oh boy, Rahab just flat out lied to the king and it's never right to, to lie in the Bible. Well, that's a very good way to, 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 to run your life, not to lie because we're not to lie. But I will say this. There are two times that I see where women lie in the Bible that God kind of winks at or ignores. One of them is Rahab. And guess who the other two, I mean the other women are? We just saw it last week in Exodus. The midwives. Both of them lied. Mm-hmm. Both times, protecting. Both times they're protecting God's people. Now I don't know what to do with that. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, so let's see what she says. Okay, um, but she had brought them up. Or wait, let me back up. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I what not pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. All a lie. But she had brought them up into the roof of the house and hid them, verse 6, in the stalks of the flax, which she had laid in the order upon the roof. And the men pursued after the, ways, after the way to Jordan unto the forts. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the, unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did they remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Yes? I want to make a comment about Rahab. Okay. Well, she's a Gentile, and she heard, and she believed. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. You can preach that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll preach. Um, but again, Rahab had heard, but so had the king of Moab. He saw all that. He's in the same boat. But the difference was, they're on two different camps. She wants to know about the Lord. The Lord does end up saving her. But Moab, uh, Balak is on the other side of that, and he wants, he wants Balaam to come and curse the people. So we got several things going on here, but number one, my point I'm trying to say is, Balaam has to know this too. Okay? Balaam has to know this Two, So, he comes, and let's, let's go back to Numbers 22, and let's, let's look at Balaam's answer. He got the proposition we read, verses 22, verses 8. And this is what Balaam says. And he said unto them, Lodge here... And this is the people that, that Balak sent to get him. He goes, Lodge here this night, and I will bring you word again, as the Lord shall speak unto me, and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And God came unto Balaam. and He said, What men are these? I had read... With thee, and Balaam said unto God, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, hath sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, which covereth the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them; pre- adventure, I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Really? <laughs> no, he, he didn't say that. <laughs> he, he says what? <laughs> Balak wants me he goes Balak wants me to curse these people so he can overthrow them so he can drive them out and what does God tell him? yeah and God said unto that to Balaam thou shalt not go with them okay number one Thou shalt not go with him. And then what's he telling? Thou shall not curse them. Okay, number one, number two. Thou shalt not curse them. And then what's he say next? They are blessed. They are blessed. And why are they blessed? He blessed him. <laughs> because God blessed him back in Genesis three, yeah. and he told he told Abraham, he goes, I will, uh, you're blessed. I will bless those that bless thee, and I will curse those that curse thee. Do you think God meant that? Yeah. He absolutely means that. He means that today. Yeah. That's why our nation has been one of the reasons our na- You know, you have people go, well, why does God still bless us? Well, number one. Our country blesses Israel, so He's going to bless us. Number two, we have the Word of God here. Number three, you have Christians that are actually following Him here. So you add all that together, then, then you have something. Okay? And so, when you just look at what God says, it should be what? End of the story. Well, let's see what Balaam says to, to God's to what God told him. Verse 13, And Balaam rose up in the morning, and he said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refuses to give me leave to go with you. So he gives them a reply, but he doesn't give them everything that God said. And again, I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah. Okay. And the princes of Moab rose up and they went into Balak and said, Balaam, and so they don't give everything either. I'm like, no, that's not me. Okay. And Balaam refuses to come with us. Now, why didn't they say, hey, why didn't, why didn't Balaam just says, not only can I not go with you, the Lord says this, this, and this. And End of story. Finances. But he didn't tell the princes that. They go back and t- tell, and tell, uh Balak, well, he just refuses to come. So, Balak sends round number two, okay? Because he didn't get the whole story, even though he probably should have known the story, okay? So, we're going to look at uh, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say proposition number 2 it's in verse 15 to 20 and so let's read that because i'm running out of time again verse 15 says and Balak sent again princes more and more honorable than they so he sent some higher guys the next time up okay i don't know who he sent the first time the janitors i kind of doubt it he probably sent he sent Hillary. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say which it just said some more princes <laughs> And Balak, I'm sorry, it's on tape. <laughs> and Balak sent again princes more and more honorable than they, and they came to Balaam. The, 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 and let me back up for just a minute. The, the thinking here is he's probably sending some people in government or of power and position. So he sent some higher up guys in position, like you, like you commented with the person you said. Verse 16. <laughs> and they came to Balaam and they said unto him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, let nothing I pray thee hinder me from coming unto me. Now I'm looking at that and I'm like, well that's kind of interesting. Because what, what did, what did Balaam tell the guys? Let's go back and look. To him. And God said unto Balaam, thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people for they are blessed. Verse 12, 13 says, and Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, get into your land for the Lord, for who's, who, who? The Lord, Refuses to give me leave to go. The Lord will not let me go with you, which is a kind of a sham of an answer. And then Balaam sends guys to him and says, Let nothing keep you from coming. In other words, ignore what God, ignore what God tells you and come. Mm-hmm. And God didn't say you couldn't go. He? Well, I guess He does, didn't He? Yes, He did. Don't. don't go with Yeah. So, so basically they're slamming his God now. It'd be like somebody coming into our class and says, you know, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says here guys, but you know what? Ignore that. You know what we would do? I'd drag the dude out and throw him out the door. Probably the kitchen door, it's closer, unless he's a little guy and I might get the front door. <laughs> but I mean, it depends on how, how, how mean he is. But he's going out. And yet Balak is like, didn't seem to phase him. So let's keep going. And Balak verse 15. Again. And Balak sent again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and they said unto them, Thus saith Balak the son of Zippor, let nothing I pray thee hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee into very great honor. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest. And I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. I'll give you a blank check. Is what he's saying. And come therefore, I pray thee, and curse me, this people. I'll give you whatever you want. Just come and do it. It does, like, uh-huh. I I doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And Balaam answered, and it said unto the servants of Balak. Now Balak here, again, I, I'm portraying Balak. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? Well, you realize he's a bad guy, but you know what? When you just read through the story and you don't get all the details, you think he's kind of okay. You think he, hey, he's a prophet of God. There's, don't quite get that, but he's an okay guy. But when you start getting the details, it's like, this guy's a schmuck. Yeah. Okay? And he's Bailey, what's that? He's a free agent. He, yes. He, he's, what he is, is a prophet for hire. Right? Yeah. And if God, if he does better with God, he's going to stay with God. But if somebody's going to give him more, Who can do more than God? But that's his thinking. A bird in the hand is probably better than two in the bush. So he's thinking, hey, I'm going with this guy. He's a preacher for hires, what this guy is. And Balaam answered, he said, verse 18, unto the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold. I wonder if he had a house full of silver and gold. I don't know. I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Oh, that sounds very pious. Okay. Verse 19. Now therefore I pray you, but while you're here, tarry ye also this night, that I may know what the Lord may say unto me more. Well, wait a minute. That <laughs> <laughs> was done. But he's like, what's he think he's gonna do? Maybe God will talk to you. you think God is not is gonna allow him to curse him? Everything that God had told him, but the only thing that he can, the only thing that makes sense, God's not changing his mind, but he's got his eyes on the wrong prize. God's not going, God's not going to change his mind, but maybe I can change Balak's mind. And Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, If Balak If I'm backing up again. If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye also this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, Really? No, he didn't. (laughs) If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, thou... Shalt thou do. Now, God already knows Balaam's heart, but you know what He's doing here? He's giving him a test. Mm -hmm. He's giving him a test. He didn't say, Hey, hey, dude, I've already told you what I'm going to do. I'm not changing my mind. He didn't say that. He gave him a little test and says, If the men will come to you in the morning and say, Hey, give us your answer, then go with them. Let's see what he does. And Balaam, verse 21, rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. He didn't wait for the men to come talk to him. It was one of these Gideon things, you know, putting the fleece out. And and God says, if they come to you in the morning, then go with them. He didn't even wait. So where's his heart? His heart is to, what can I get out of this guy? Okay. And is God upset about it? And God's anger was kindled because of what? Because he went. Because he went. Okay. Okay, so we kind of got the picture here. Balaam is not all that he, he, he you know, he sent, uh, presents himself to be. He, because God says, if they come to you in the morning, then go with them, but only say what I tell you. And, and, and so we kind of know the rest of the story here. But let me point this out. God is going to use Balaam in this story, doesn't He? Because He starts giving him some parables, some prophecies that are going to happen. So when when Balaam does go back, God gives, opens his mouth up and, and instead of cursing the people, He blesses them. And so even though... You can be an honor, a vessel, or you can be a vessel of honor or dishonor, and guess what God will do? He'll, He'll get, He'll get something accomplished in you, whether you're doing what's right or what's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how God, our God is. And so I think about it in my life. God's going to get the glory out of my life, whether I do right or do wrong. And I've thought about, you know, people that have fallen from God's grace, or people that just went awol from God, and I'm like, well, when they were doing what was right, God was getting honor out of that, and then when they do what's wrong, even though they're not given God honor, God's still going to use them as an example for the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I want to make here, and here's why I'm saying that: I don't want to be the guy that's a vessel of dishonor, so I got to do what's right. Okay. Either way, God's, 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 uh, God's plan will get done whether I'm a part of it or not a part of it. And so we need to make sure we're doing what's right in our life. Okay? So he he gets ready to, uh, to go. He saddles his ass. And went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way of for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass. And his two servants were with him. Verse 22. Let me read this story. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. And his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way. And went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. So... She took off because she saw the angel of the Lord, okay? Number one, verse 24. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path in the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel and the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall, and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. He hits her again. So she's trying to get by the path, and there's, there's a rock wall on both sides. She slams up against one side of the wall and, and, and crushes his foot up against the wall. And, of course, he's beaten, beaten the ass again. Uh, and then it continues on. Verse 26, And the angel of the Lord went further, and he stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn, either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. Didn't have anywhere to go. She falls down. Okay. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote, her, smote the ass with a staff. So he's beaten on her again. Okay. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? Now that is very unusual. The donkey talks. Okay. And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now would I kill thee. Number two, man talks back to the donkey. Okay. <laughs> And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, what? Nay. (laughs) Number three, they're having a conversation. I mean, this this is wild. Okay? Now, I don't know about you. Did your mule talk to you? Don't say yes. I'm thinking something's weird with you. Not in English. Okay, not in English. Okay. I like that. So 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 Canadian or Spanish or okay. Okay. Uh and then the Lord, verse thirty one opened up the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and he fell flat on his face. So he realizes who he's talking to or who's there. Now I notice the angel has a sword. And they and that was God and he was going to kill him because he disobeyed him. Okay. And so uh there's a lot here, but uh um, this angel of the Lord is who? Jesus. Yeah, it's it's a pre incarnate Christ here, okay? And so the angel of the Lord is a pre incarnate appearance of Christ. So and you go, okay, Bob, so how do you know that? Well in Joshua five, fourteen through fifteen, he's called the captain of the host. Okay, and he tells Joshua to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground. So again, I'm not going to spend the time to go there this morning. But if you're taking notes, Joshua 5 uh, verses 14 through 15. David also uh, in First Chronicles 21:16 has an encounter with the angel of the Lord. Uh, First Chronicles twenty one sixteen, and Mac. We may back up and look at this next week. Hezekiah has uh, uh, a dealing with the angel of the Lord in Second Kings nineteen thirty two to thirty five, and let me give you one more cross reference. We'll see uh, the angel of the Lord also in Exodus chapter twenty three. Verses 20 through 22. Now, I could give you a lot more, but we may come back and look at that this week. You may want to look at that yourself. This is no ordinary angel. When Christ comes at the second coming, out of His mouth will come a sword. All these... (laughs) i got music. All these... um, I don't know if I can turn that off. I did it. No, I didn't do it. I probably just put it on screen. That I can't do. Maybe. Okay. All right. So the angel of the Lord is who's there that's, that's taking place that uh, dealing, And we know that the Lord Jesus Christ, when He comes back, He will have a sword come out of His mouth. Is it on TV? Is it on yes, there now? <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay, well I'm going to wrap things up there and we'll, we'll pick up from there next week. Uh, got a lot more to say about that. There is some connection, I will say this. There is some connection... Of, of, if you, if you want to study the, the, the donkey, the ass in this story, and compare it with the other donkeys, the other mules in the Bible, there's, there's something here that I haven't figured out. I'm not exactly sure this isn't a mule. But the Bible says an ass. But I also know the mule's father is a Ass. So, does the Bible sometimes call a mule an ass? I don't know. I don't. I haven't figured it out. But there is a connection here somewhere. And they call a colt the colt ass too. Yeah, we'll see that. Uh, there's ass colts. So, there's a lot of different variables here. In the Book of Judges, we'll see that the, a lot of these judges rode on white mules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they call them mules. But it calls them there, particularly mules. And the cult like of an ass? He wrote in on the cult of an ass, I believe. Yes. Uh, the cult of a foal of an ass. Right. And so, well, there's a... It has to be a, a true ass to have a colt, Because mules cannot... Really right, produce. right. They can't. Right. But uh, a colt of an ass could still be a mule. Because what is a colt? Uh, uh, male. If they were reversed, yes. No. A, a If a horse was bred with an ass, with a jenny, that's the female donkey, and they have a male, and they, and they, and the female donkey has a colt. That's called a henny. Right. That's a henny. Uh-huh. But what is a colt? Still a mule. But what is a colt? A colt's just a male. It's a male foal. Okay, so a colt of an ass is a male of an ass, which could technically be a donkey, right? No, gotta be a mule. No, no, no. No. You have an ass with an ass, and it's a male. (laughs) It's a donkey. I gotta take my tape off. (laughs) Donkey plus donkey. So my point is, it could be. You want me to turn that off? You think I'm going to get called in for that, huh? (laughs) Okay.